Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. It is great to have you as part of the Bridgewater family today. Perhaps you are a friend that has been with us week after week, and we just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. But today is Friend Day. It's Friend Day online and Friend Day in the house. I hope someone has invited you for the first time to be a part of our incredible church family. And as we begin today and we launch into the fall, we are starting a new series called Esther World Changer. Have you ever heard of Esther? I mean, it's the title of a book in the Bible, in the Old Testament, but how much do you know about this book? In fact, Esther is only the one of two books in the Bible named for a woman. I think God had a very special place and a plan for Esther and for the impact of her, on her, of her life then and even now. But I also want to tell you something else. The book of Esther is unique, not just because it's the story of a woman who became a world changer, but it's unique because it has no mention of God's name throughout the book. It's the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention God's name. In fact, many scholars would simply say God is silent. Have you ever felt like God was silent in your life? You were trying to connect with God and you just didn't feel like God was listening? It reminds me of a great story about my grandparents. Now, I called them Mama and Papa. But I was sitting in the den with Papa, and I was a, a young adult. I was probably about 19. And I was sitting in the den with Papa, as I had done for, for years when I went to visit. And all of a sudden, my grandmother, uh, Mama, she was a, a tall woman, she was a strong-willed woman, and all of a sudden I heard her do something I had heard many times. She yelled out for Papa, and she called him Dad. This is what I heard. Dad! Dad! And Papa was older. He was in his 70s. And he didn't say anything. Well, I thought maybe he was just hard of hearing. And I, I listened to Mama bellow, literally bellow from the kitchen. Dad! Nothing. No response. And I looked over at Papa, who was reading the newspaper, and I said, Papa, Mama's calling you. He lowered the newspaper, and he goes, I know. <laughs> I broke up. When I heard him say, I know, I had nothing else to say. Papa was silent, even though Mama was yelling. Isn't that a great story? Have you ever felt like you were yelling out to God? 
You were calling out to God, but God was silent. And then we assume that God is just not listening. Today's a unique Sunday. Not only is it Friend Day, and not only are we beginning this new series called Esther World Changer, but today is an introduction to this book. We're going to dig deep into this book for several weeks, and I hope that you'll stay with us. Hang in there. Whether you can uh, hang out with us on Sunday morning or whether it's through the week, make sure you track with what God is doing, even though he appears to be silent. And in this story today, in order to be able to really wrap our minds around where we're headed with Esther's incredible influence, I'm going to ask two questions. And I think these questions are viable. In fact, they're crucial to each of us, not only to understand Esther's story, but to really understand what it means to be in a deep listening relationship with God. So if you're ready, let's jump in. And I'm going to read from Esther chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, to find our first introductory question. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jair, the son of Shemel, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Among those taken captive with Jehonakim, king of Judah, Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. Now, if you tracked with all those names and that history, you're ready for our first question. Is God able to love broken people? Would you mind saying that with me at home? Is God able to love broken people? I think this is the first question that we have to wrap our minds around as we begin our journey with Esther. And what I think is interesting is this. If you've lived any amount of time on this earth, you're going to relate to the next truth I'm going to share. Life isn't fair. Wow, that was profound, wasn't it? In fact, should we all just say it together? Life isn't fair. I've learned that the hard way on numerous occasions. I've realized that life isn't fair at the great theologian Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Let me give you an insight from this actor. Life is not fair, he writes. It never was, and it is now, and it, it won't be ever be. Do not fall into the trap, the entitlement trap, of feeling like you're a victim. You are not. Now, of course, we know McConaughey is not a theologian, but his insight is essential. Life is not fair. And when I think about Esther's life and this looming question that, that this book presents to us right out of the gate, can God love broken people? 
some things from the passage of Scripture we just read starts to float to the surface. Here's the first. Did you catch that Esther was born and raised in one of the four capitals of Persia? It's a city named Susa. It was located in the foothills of the Zargos Mountains in the Kushistan region of Iran. Now, this was an important capital city because when the Babylonians first captured Jerusalem and brought leaders and young, young millennials, young adults, into Babylon, what came out of that were leaders like Daniel, Nehemiah. This was, this was an incredible history of the Jewish people. But don't forget, if you know any of your biblical history, that the Babylonians were conquered by the Persians. And so that's where we actually find Esther. The story is incredible. It seems exciting, but don't miss this. The Babylonians had captured Jerusalem, and they made captives of God's people, the Hebrews. The Jewish people were not a free people. Even, now fast forward, all the way from the Babylonians to the, to the Persians, there's no way at all that this Jewish people, even though they had figured out how to survive, they did not have a sense of freedom. It's into this world that Esther was born. It's into this world that Esther had to learn how to navigate and to cope. But there's another insight we gain from the passage, and it's this. Esther was also an orphan. Her mom and dad, we don't know how, but her mom and dad had been killed. Now, it's Mordecai, her cousin and adoptive father, that raised Esther up. But can we just be clear about something? Esther was a young woman who was raised without her mom, raised without her dad. As much as Mordecai may have loved her, this is a woman that was trying to figure out at such a young age, what is God doing? Where, where do I fit? What's my purpose? And don't miss the other insight that we're told in this story. One more detail. Esther was a beautiful young woman. We're told she had a lovely figure. In fact, we placed a picture of a potential Esther-type woman on the screen for you this morning. I want you to think about this woman. She was beautiful. She was lovely. In fact, can we just say she was hot? She was a woman that was attractive. If she was trying to hide out, if she was trying to stay in the background, there's no way that it was possible. And I want you to put all of this together. Now, interestingly, in the Persian world, women were allowed to own businesses. Women 
were allowed to own property, but women were still not equal to men. Now, why does all of this matter? It matters because of our question. Is God able to love broken people? By such an early age, if you were Esther, how would you have felt? You're you're not really at home in the land that you grew up in. You, You know that God's people have been captives now for what, a hundred plus years? You also are an orphan. You feel like there's really no one who loves you or understands you, even though you're so thankful for your adoptive father, Mordecai. But on top of that, you're a beautiful young woman, and you, you want the kind of prestige you see happening among women in that society, but they're Persians. You're a Jew. Can God love broken people? There's a story that I heard years ago that left, has left an impression on me that's unforgettable. It's a story of a woman you probably have not heard of. Her name was Gladys Allward. And the thing about Gladys is that She was a woman who was a lot like an Esther. She did have a family, but she felt like she didn't have a place. In fact, she sensed that God was calling her to missions, to mission work in China. So back at the uh, turn of the last century, the early 1900s, Gladys decided that she would work with uh, the mission society in Britain where she was from and Gladys did all of the work she worked hard but finally the leaders looked at her these men in her life looked at her and said you just don't fit your education isn't enough this isn't going to work she was devastated and you know what she did Gladys went and found the job of just simply a housemaid that's what she did But God was working in her life. She could not let go of the the vision that God had given her, even though there was such an incredible silence. Where where does she go from here? Do you feel this way? Do you ever feel this way? God, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? And you know what Gladys did? Gladys decided to save every dime that she had until she had enough money to try to get to China because that's where she felt like God was calling her. She heard of a woman in China that might become a mentor to her. Long story short, get this. You know what Gladys Allward did? Gladys boarded a train to China via Siberia. It's the only way she could get there. And the train went as far as the front lines of a war, and they said, you've got to get off. She had to walk for days to get back to the next train station. But she had a suitcase full of pots and pans and a suitcase full of food and clothes, and Gladys would not give up. And ultimately, she made it to China. And God used her in such an incredible way. I have a quote from Gladys I want to read. She said this, I wasn't God's first choice for what I've done in China. There was somebody else. 
I don't know who it was, God's first choice. I don't know what happened. Perhaps he died. Don't you love that? Perhaps he died. Perhaps he wasn't willing. And God looked down and saw Gladys Allward. Folks, I I need you to wrap your mind around this. You may be thinking by now, why are we talking about Esther? What's so great about this story? Here's what I think. Question number one, God is able to love broken people. That's the answer. You may feel broken. You may feel like you have no purpose. You may feel like you've been abandoned. You may sense that no one is listening. You don't even think God is listening. But I'm here to say to you this morning that God loves broken people. Do not give up. That's what we're going to learn from Esther's story. As we go through these next few weeks, I want you to listen. If you're the person who thinks that you failed, that, that there are troubles, people don't believe in you, maybe you are an orphan, perhaps you feel like you don't belong in the place where you live, just like Esther, I need you to understand this. God loves broken people, and God loves God loves you. In fact, did you know this? We're all broken. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And Esther, this world changer, is going to remind us that we're not alone. Which leads to the the next passage of Scripture in our second question. Can, Can we read this? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Here's our second question. Is God working even in the silence? I I didn't hear a lot about Esther. In fact, I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever uh, actually heard any pastor that I personally know or grew up with, who preached through and and did a series dedicated to the book of Esther. And uh, I I have to tell you, I scratched my head even when I felt God leading me in this direction for our our series this fall. But do you know what I heard over and over again throughout my life? I heard bits and pieces of what I'm going to call this theme verse. Esther's theme verse, especially this part, and who knows, but you have come to your royal position, famous words, for such a time as this. But I I have a couple of problems with the struggle Esther was going through. In fact, have you ever thought about it this way? Mordecai looks at Esther, and we'll come back to this. I know this is out of context of the story, but it's okay for today. I just want you to to dig deep into this thought. Mordecai looks at Esther and says, now, now that she's queen, he says, if you keep silent, no, no, wait, no, wait, wait. What do you mean if Esther keeps silent? What about God? What what about God's silence? 
In the midst of a culture that saw women as second class to men, why is God motivating Esther to work in a pagan society? Listen, there's a lot of things about Esther and the decisions that Esther has to make that you and I aren't going to agree with. There, there have actually been theologians and, and, and biblical scholars through, through time who have blown this book off. They've, they've just let it go because they're like, well, well, God isn't mentioned, and look at how Esther made choices, and she becomes a, a Jewish queen in a pagan society of King Xerxes overseeing all of Persia. But I want you to know this. Our second question is essential to all of our lives. Is God really working in the silence? Is he there? Is he present? I can remember the day vividly when our oldest daughter several years ago called. She was living in Oklahoma. And she called and she said, in tears. And of course, we weren't there. We couldn't love her up. We couldn't hug her. She's, she's just bawling and bawling. She had had so many health issues throughout her life with ulcerative colitis. And I'll never forget the day she said, Mom and Dad, I just need to tell you that I have pre-cancer cells. And, and I said, well, what did the doctor say? He said, he didn't even call me into his office. He called me on the phone and said, you've got cancer, you need to have it cut out. I was devastated. I was devastated for her. We couldn't love her up. We couldn't care for her. She's in Oklahoma. And, and I immediately went to my knees. And can I be honest about this? Can I really uh, ju just tell you how I felt? I felt like God had abandoned us. I felt like God wasn't there. I felt like I couldn't hear God speak. I couldn't even catch my own breath. But I would not give up. I would not give up because God and I have a track record. I knew that even in the silence, God was still present. In fact, I learned three things about God's silence in that moment. And there are three, these three lessons still stand out, especially when I read Esther's story. Let me, let me share those with you. I want to give you three reasons God seems to be silent in various seasons of our lives. Here's the first. God is sovereign. Boy, this is a hard one. Is God really sovereign in your life? God can do whatever he wants because he has the perfect plan. That's hard to wrap your mind around. But here's the problem. We live in such a noisy world, it's hard to embrace that God is real and present. I, I was in a Mexican restaurant with my wife Kay just a, a week ago. And it's a restaurant that we frequent. And I happened to sit down in the booth facing what I thought must be three new TV screens that stretched across part of the restaurant, huge, so that everybody could see them. K 
Kay couldn't see them. Her back was to the TV screens. I was there. I just need to be honest. I've got to confess. I was distracted. Our whole conversation, I was distracted. I'm trying to listen to what she's saying. But stuff on the TV that doesn't even matter to me. And it's all three different channels like you can absorb it. One is sports. One is a TV show. And then there was something else. I think it was in Spanish. It's crazy. And then I looked around. I looked around. And guess what? Everywhere I looked, somebody was on an electronic device. Kids were given phones to pacify them. And there was just a lot of noise in the restaurant as well. And immediately, this verse came to mind. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. The psalmist says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now listen carefully. Why does God appear to be silent? Because he's sovereign. We're not trying to be exalted. It's God who will be exalted among the nations. It's not just about us. It's about God's perfect plan for our lives. Please hear me when, I, when I'm just begging you to do this. Stop and be still. Block out all of the noise. Turn off the TV. Put your phone down. Can you do it for an hour? No texts, no emails. And can we be still and know that God is here among us? That's the first reason I think that God, God appears to be silent in some seasons of our life. He's sovereign and he's waiting for us to be still. Here's another reason. God is testing. Were you a good test taker in school? Were you? I mean, all the, all the great test takers, raise your hands at home, in the car, wherever you're catching the message. Uh, all of you who didn't enjoy test taking, just raise your hand. Uh, right? I, I would imagine a lot of hands are going up on that second part. We weren't great test takers. Now, you and I may think that God is unfair because he tests us. But can we go over to James in the New Testament, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Here's what James explains to us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I believe this about Esther. God was testing her. Not only was he sovereign, wanting to be known through the nations, and just a spoiler alert, he wanted to save his people. But not just that. God was testing Esther. Mordecai makes that very clear. God will find someone to step into the gap. But for such a time as this, are we willing to be tested? Are we willing to grow in our perseverance so that our faith may mature? Right now, God, I have a feeling is testing some of you out there. And you're like, God, I don't like it. 
Well, I don't think Esther liked it either, do you? I don't like it when God tests me. And can I just get real? I've failed some of the tests of life. There's something, I've, I've just blown it. If that's you, take heart. If that's you, don't give in. Because God is silent, not only because he's sovereign, but God is testing us. And think about this. When, when the, the professor or the teacher is giving the test, he's silent so his students can think clearly and deeply. Be still and know that God is God, but add to that with pure joy, God is helping us persevere and taking our, our resolve and turning it into joyful maturity. Now what about, what about this? I've got one more. Is that okay? We're, we're just going to grab one more this morning. Don't forget the question, is God working even in the silence? Here's the third reason when we feel like God is silent. And this is the third reason I think uh, we have a tendency to ignore something that is very subtle. God is speaking. I, I actually should have written, God is still speaking. There are times in my life when I have felt like uh, things weren't coming together. And I kept just asking and asking and praying for answers. And I assumed, anybody ever get their, themselves in trouble by assuming? I assumed that God's silence meant he wasn't speaking. But I came across this incredible insight from the late Mother Teresa. I can't, I can't let it go. I can't forget it. It's etched in my mind. Listen to what she says. God is the friend of silence. See how nature, trees, flowers, grass, all grows in silence. See the stars, the moon, and the sun, how they move in silence. We need to find God, and he cannot be found in noise and restlessness. Sometimes I think we need to be honest and realize God is speaking the loudest when God is speaking in the silence. Wow. God is speaking through the book of Esther this morning, and over the next few weeks, God will be speaking to us to, to call us to be world changers like Esther. But don't forget the two questions from today. Is God able to love broken people? Yes. And if you feel broken and left out, this is the perfect day on this friend day. We're not friends because we're perfect. We're friends because God has put us, put us together. We're a bunch of broken people that God has blended together this morning. But this second question, is God working even in the silence? The answer is yes. There's reasons why God is silent, or it's, we, we think he's silent. But what we, we realize is this. This is the challenge as we close this morning. It's time to trust God. 
It's time to trust him. It's time to put all of our faith in him. How do we do that? How do you trust God when you feel like he's not there? Or you look at your life and you're like, how could God use somebody like me? Broken, orphaned, abused, uh, penniless. How, how does God do that? Can I just simply ask this favor on Friend Day? I want to uh, just teach you something. There's different ways that the deaf community uh, signs for listen. I've been learning a lot these last few days. And if this incredible community uh, is okay with teaching us this morning, I learned that just simply touching your ear a couple of times like this, it's, the, it's, it's one of the ways that someone without speech says, listen, listen. I'm going to ask you to do something right now, all of us together. Would you just do that with me? Would you take your finger and put it to your ear and just tap it twice and, and, and just think, think the word. Listen, listen. God is in the process of taking us and making us world changers, just like Esther, if we'll listen. So this morning, I want to pray for us that we would begin to be good listeners, even in the silence. God is speaking. Let's pray. Father, I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, as I have my finger to my ear this morning, that you are speaking. You are doing things we can't imagine or dream. And this story of Esther is going to change my life. It's going to change all of our lives if we will allow it. But God, right now, I want to specifically pray for any person, anyone, new friend or old, that if somebody feels like their life is, is wasted, it's over, that you can't do something new, that question reverberates in our minds. Can you love broken people? And the answer, God, is yes. Please, God, in the midst of our struggles, help each of us to know that we are loved by you. But God, more than that, maybe in addition to that, we should say, God, help us to capture this beautiful season, even, even in the silence, God, help us to wait, to be still, and to come into your presence for such a time as this. I know that you're creating world changers, God, and, and again, I just think about my finger to my ear. Listen, help us to listen to you so that when you are ready to speak, we will know that you are God. We love you, and we thank you, and we praise you for Esther's story. And we pray all this, and for everyone in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. Thank you for joining us on Friend Day. If you have questions, reach out to Pastor Liz, our online pastor. 
shooter a, a message there in, on, on the platform you're watching. And remember, if, if you're struggling to get to us, simply email us at info at bwch.org. We want to find a way to connect. And we want you to know you're loved. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. We'll see each other soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.